my good friend Vicky, um, who I've been friends with for, I mean, it's been, I don't know, I don't even know, it's been like since sixth grade, I think, um, she texted me out of the blue and she was like, hey, I just listened to your 2001 episode and I found it really insightful and fun to listen to. Thank you, as always, for sharing. Yeah, we I just, just thought that was really pleasant and a nice, a good, you know, it was really encouraging. I felt really good about it after, you know. We just want you to know that you're listening to a Vicky-approved podcast. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. to start this episode out, like, you should know <laughs> this is going to be just raw quality. It is, yeah. I also have a question from Tim Smith. We're not even going to start the show? You're just going to go no, straight No, I'm just going to go into questions. All right. This is our pre-show preamble. You know what I mean? Um, Tim asks, do you think it's going to be a good Oscar show? Uh, Steven Soderbergh is directing. Did you see all the Best Picture nominees? <clears throat> now, the, the to answer the first question, no, because it never is. Um, also, I don't think they're going to... They're probably not going to do it in person, so it's going to be dumb like the... Uh, like the Golden Globes. Did you see that? There was like mm-hmm. there was like a, a big Zoom call. Everything you just really said. Embarrassing. Everything you said beside the word Oscars, <laughs> I didn't understand. So. Okay, well, um, yeah, I mean, the cool Steven Soderbergh is directing. I guess I'm, I don't know. I who cares? Um, and uh, I didn't see all of the nominees. I'm down three, so I I haven't seen. Um, the Sound of Metal yet. I haven't seen Promising Young Woman, and I haven't seen. Uh, there's one more that I was missing. Um, but out of the ones that I did see, my favorite was The Favorite. Or sorry, not The Favorite. That was a couple years ago. <laughs> I wanted my, to see that movie though. Uh, it's really good, yeah. actually. Uh, no, no, no. My favorite is The Father. Oh, um, okay. Which is yeah, super, super good. So I I've raved about it here before, but yeah. If that answers your question, Tim. I hope so. Well, hello and welcome <laughs> to Cinema Spectator. If you're not going to intro it, I will. Uh, my name is Isaac. I am not the expert on the show. Of course, joined with Cameron in person for the first time in a while. We're recording from my lowly bedroom studio, which has kind of worked for us in the past few years. But it's good to see you in person, Cameron. I know it is. That's why whenever we're in person, we always switch roles, you know. Yeah, it's very confusing. I'm like, I'm trying not to overstep, but I'm like, come on, man. Like, we're we're making authoritative statements, and we haven't even said who we are. We yet. already did. We already said that we were a quality show. So you should listen to us. That's the seal of approval that we need. Bang, boom. How are you doing, man? How's life? I'm doing all right. You know, just hanging out. I'm. It's good to see you too in person. It's been, you know, another another month, I guess. Yeah, you'll hear the coffee shaking because we're doing it early in the morning. Uh, if you know, we usually post Monday morning, but we're doing Monday evening. I try to do an Instagram story. Clearly, we have so much communication with our fans. I mean, we started with a question, so you know, it's just <laughs> it's going crazy out here. You know, the, no, the, no, it wasn't a question; it was a compliment. Tim's question. Well, that's what I was talking about. Sure, yeah. Okay. Tim is a Patreon. Of course, you can support us at Patreon.com/slash ECFS Productions. I'll get to all that shilling in a little bit. Sorry, Juzo. That's going to be three shillings for one episode instead of two. <laughs> you have to just sit through. <laughs> well, uh, today we watched uh, a great movie called RoboCop. Uh, and it was it was uh, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Um, I can't remember who it's starring. It's really nobody important, honestly. So sorry It seemed about that. like they really wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger. As well, so, so as a follow-up to this movie, um, he actually did Total Recall. Uh, which is another sci-fi movie I was considering. Mm. It's fantastic. Total Recall is really great. Um, but you probably wouldn't have been able to find the censored version on YouTube. So, <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely dive into that uh, shortly. What have you been watching, Cameron? Um, really not much at all. I've been like super busy um, just filling my time. So I, I, have not, uh, I have not watched anything except for RoboCop for probably two weeks. So. Wow. Being an expert, dude, you're just falling behind. But I know you're busy. You got stuff going on. I, on the other hand, have been watching a lot of different films. You're going to be sort of interested in this, Cameron. All right. Um, I've been watching uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which you're not interested in. Neither am I. It's pretty stupid. I heard it was bad. It. I don't think it's bad. I just kind of feel like it's very cookie cutter Marvel. Mm. And... 
I don't know. Like it feels a lot like Saturday morning cartoons. There's a little bit of the, like like some superhero movies, especially Marvel movies, have this tendency lately to linger on characters you just don't want to watch, you know, mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason, there's like this villain who's like an like a violent activist, and they spend so much time with exposition about you know what she's doing is right, and she's oh she's a deep character because her grandma died or something like that, and it's just like I don't care. You know, like I just I don't care about this character. I'd I'd rather see like the 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 best thing that works about the show is that like Bucky and Falcon hate each other, mm. and they're like a the, like a buddy cop basically. Yeah, thing. yeah. So it's great to like see them on scene or on screen like fighting and stuff, and then like talking about how much they hate each other, like at the same time. And I'm like, this is fun. You know, like that's that's sure. what I want to see more of, right? Um. So yeah, I watched a little bit of that with my brother. I haven't watched the the most recent episode just because it's not full pressure i've been watching a lot of justice league the old animated oh, um, yeah. show because it's on hbo absolutely love it it's so good is it the first time watching through no 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 i've okay. seen it before i don't remember a lot of it but i just got through like the gorilla rod episode yeah. and stuff so like i don't know like it's it's fun you can see the budget kind of going up as mm-hmm. the show continues and i'll probably crack into unlimited once we finish the original yeah, they only had two seasons of that show, yeah. which is disappointing. But I mean, they did go on to other other, you know, Justice League Unlimited and whatnot. But um, I love I love the episode. Um, do you remember? I, I guess spoilers, sort of. Do you remember the episode where Superman dies? Um, I vaguely remember it. That's an amazing one. I love the episode where um, I. The, the bad guy kills everybody through sleep. Yes, yes, um, that's a great and one. And he, you know, Batman's riding through and he's listening to metal and he punches through the windshield. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, for some reason, Batman is just such a cool character in that show and they yeah. really lean into it. But they always do, like, that episode in particular shows, like, how important the little guy is, right? Because he does, like, this... Like like you said, like the enemy just kills people with sleep and Batman just goes on like an espresso like run and like <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, but yeah. it's fun. Yeah. The show's really good. They have it all on uh HBO Max. So I've been watching that. And then just sort of as a fun thing with uh, my sister and her husband and my girlfriend Jules, we've been trying to get through the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. So I'd never I've never seen them at all. Like I don't know anything about them. Yeah. So we watched uh Prisoner of Azkaban, I think. That's Bar. three. And um, we just started Goblet of Fire because we already watched terrible movie. We already watched the other two. It's weird, like Goblet of Fire. Like I'm halfway through, I think. And for me, I'm just like, this film seems like the one that they made all the video games off of, or something like that. Like it just seemed like a big one. I don't know why. Um, well, it was it was a big one in the series for sure. But it's it's also, I mean, so it's a big book. Uh, it's the first time that she she wrote like a humongous book, um, yeah. And it's it's not really geared towards kids either. Mm-hmm. The fourth book, um, the fourth movie is just like I don't know. I personally, it's my least favorite of the movies. So because I was when, when we were watching, I was like, I'm trying to remember which one Cameron likes the most. I like three. I really like three. And when we were watching three, like I in, I enjoyed it. I just the only issue that I have with these movies, and I think. Maybe I'm biased because I think Star Wars sort of does the same thing, and I don't like this element about Star Wars, but the the MacGuffin is like magic, right? And so, like, it just out of nowhere, like, every, it almost feels like every scene is just some wild thing you've just never seen before in this series, you know? And I'm sitting there like, what the heck is happening right now, you know? <laughs> right. Well, in the books, or in, in the movies, it's um, it's much more difficult to understand, like, the rules of sort of magic in this in this world um they really do a terrible job of it yeah actually. I, I have the, no understanding of how it works yeah um the books are much better okay. um in in sort of delving into sort of what makes things uh work in a certain way it's but it's pretty good but. despite like maybe your dislike for the third film or fourth film yeah uh, goblet of fire there's a 
early scene with a professor that's actually explaining like curses in it or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And that's, I was like, yeah, that's um, that's a Mad-Eye Mooney. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. this scene is great. Like, for the first time, mm-hmm. they're trying to explain something to me. Because I've watched three movies, and I still have no idea what's happening. Like, people <laughs> right. could turn into frogs. People can time travel. I'm like, what, is, what are the <laughs> rules? Like, what are the rules? There's no rules. Like, and so... To, to a degree, I'm like, maybe that's what's fun about them. There's no rules. So you can just kind of have fun with it, right? And so I haven't been taking them too seriously. Um, I'm interested to see where the series goes. I don't feel like a huge love for them, but they're enjoyable to sit through and just eat junk food and all that stuff. So Yeah, it's funny. I actually recently with my roommates, um, <clears throat> we rewatched them all. Yeah, they... It's it's kind of strange because like they go through really high. It's like dips and valleys, you know, or mm-hmm. peaks and valleys. Not yeah. dips. Dips and valleys are the same thing. <laughs> uh, That's Cameron's life for you, folks. <laughs> <laughs> dips and valleys, just always down there. Yeah, no, but it's it, it it's interesting because like some of it is so interesting and good um, and well done in the in the uh, in the movies. And some of it is just like so fumbled. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really, I would say personally, the books are like, are like a bajillion times better. But, okay. um, yeah, you know, I mean, the, the movies are enjoyable sometimes. So, yeah, I think I like the second one the most so far. Wow. Right. Um, I know that's, I don't, I don't know. Like to me, I was like, I just really want to see. Where the Chamber of Secrets is. Is that the second one? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I just want it. What is it? Where is it? You know? Nice. That's Yeah, that's interesting because uh, the second one is super long um, and it always bores me. But yeah. it's it's not... Um, I wouldn't say it's bad. Like, it's, it's definitely... It's got some really good elements, um, and I think actually the world building is is fun in that one too. Yeah, because there's all that teasing about like Voldemort and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he's almost reincarnated or something like as a... Like I don't I don't know. I was like, ooh, this is kind of cool. I didn't realize that we were gonna see him so early and yeah. stuff. And I was like, I'm into this. And then the third one, there's really not like you're interested about like what's going on, but the twist didn't really blow me away. And then all of a sudden a rat is a man. I'm like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> like, why is everybody turning into animals and things like that at the end? So I think that's really, really disconnected me. But see, it explains it much better in the book. But yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I wasn't happy to see Ratface at the beginning of uh, Goblet of Fire. I know, right? Oh my god, oh my gosh, he's so, he's so ugly. This guy again. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're not talking about those those weird fantasy films. Although we might do a fantasy month, maybe it's time we'll just watch Lord of the Rings. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and the first Hobbit. <laughs> I love. Yeah, I love Lord of the Rings. Dude. Me too. Oh. Ooh. Those are movies that are long, and I don't care. Yeah. I'm just I'm in it for the ride. Again, this is Cinema Spectator. You can support us Patreon.com/slash ECFS Productions. Throw a couple dollars our way. Get a question read on air, like Tim. Uh, you can vote on movies coming up and get access to a commentary track each month. Of course, give us a rating on iTunes. Tell friends and family. That's how the show grows. That's the fastest I can chill. Let's do RoboCop, Cameron. All right, let's do it. You already introduced the director. We don't care about anybody in the cast because that's not what this movie is about, really. The conversation around RoboCop has to talk about what sci-fi was being pushed to in the 80s. You know, we want to talk about the pop culture scene and all that stuff. Let's go over the plot a little bit of this film, even though it's not super deep. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, RoboCop is sort of about a, a, a futuristic post-apocalypse um in a sense where there's sort of a corporate takeover of of the police it's obviously very inspired by uh, by reagan and by sort of the policies of mm, reagan mm. um and you know that's that's pretty clear and obvious when you when you step back and look at it but um you know so there's this there's this sort of corporation who uh who owns the police and they're doing tests and experiments on mechanized uh police force right um, and so there's, there's this sort of infighting between the, the corporation and as well as, you know, the, the police union and whatnot. Um, and at one point, you know, this underserved police force, uh, 
you know, the, 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 our protagonist, um, he doesn't have any backup. And so he goes in and follows, uh, the gang that he's been chasing down and, uh, and they blow him to pieces. Literally, <laughs> they just destroy his body <laughs> and, um, and then he's rushed out and turned into a robotic policeman. Um, and that is literally the plot. The <laughs> The robotic policeman is trying to figure out, I mean, his memory is wiped, so he's trying to figure out who he is, um, as well as what happened to his, you know, to his body and, and who, who killed him. And so he, he hunts down these, uh, these, the, the bad guy who looks kind of like, like the kid from, from, uh, <laughs> from, uh, the Polar Express. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, the nerd kid from the Polar Express. That's who the bad guy reminds Are you talking me about of. the lead of the corporation? The, no, no, no. The lead of the, of the gang. Oh, the gang. All yeah, right. With yeah, the, yeah. Gla- the big glasses. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm not very fond of the Polar Express, so. Me neither, but that, that kid is funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, the leader of the corporation in this movie reminded me of my uh, teacher in economics of entrepreneurship. Why so, was he a nerd? Like that's <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, why is a thug a nerd? Yeah, yeah, he's like the weirdest like nerd character. I don't know. Yeah, he's has, he's sending mixed signals. So, yeah, I, it's it's pretty straightforward. I think this movie as a sci-fi film. Like it leans more into dystopian, and and I think um, in the eighties you see a lot of like dirty sci fi, mm-hmm. like yeah. coming coming forward, right? And so post apocalyptic scenarios or dystopian cities um, is is not necessarily anything new, but I think the griminess of it is what makes it so um, or, or it, so iconic for that era. Because we we watch Metropolis, which has that grimy like dystopian feel but there's also like this clean shine with it mm-hmm. whereas robocop there's nothing there's nothing clean basically well i'd say like they're trying to, they're obviously trying to make the metropolis utopia you know what i mean like that they're, they're in the planning phases that's why you see the the big you know the big uh diorama of of the city you know what it's gonna look like yeah um you know i would say like honestly it could be a prequel to metropolis who knows yeah that's what um, that's the original golden man right there well right? isn't Robocop? that isn't that kind of funny like it's it's basically metropolis <laughs> it's yeah. like the same movie um yeah no it's it's super weird but um i i mean obviously uh metropolis has has a i would say like the end is a little bit more interesting of a plot where it's like you know, it goes into sort of the the dual. You know, it's it's like the the hidden leader or the the um you know the the shape shifting leader who who's obviously you know the the corporate influence and and there's there's some really interesting parts of like um, analysis in terms of uh, you know getting into to the sort of political uh, realm of of you know how movements work and how you know things are often backed by by corporate interests or things are often you know subverted in a certain way and i think metropolis gets to that much more than than robocop oh does. yeah the robocop's like substitute all that boring stuff for big guns that shoot <laughs> yes, explosives yes. so if that's what you're looking for in a sci-fi movie this is this is the quintessential form of that right yeah well and so w- part of the reason why i wanted to do this movie was obviously you know we we did a we did kind of two head like really heady um brainy sci-fi movies in metropolis in 2001 and then past 2001 you know we we started to see actually it was really past star wars um yeah past star wars you you started to see sci-fi become pop culture um and you know people people started to really appreciate sci-fi as sort of a a means to um almost like it's like smuggling in other genres i would say Mm. um and sci-fi is really great for that actually uh it's it's probably the best genre for like sticking in other other genres or other um memes of other genres um and so you know star wars was kind of uh, sci-fi fantasy um you had robocop or sorry you had um uh blade runner in 1980 i believe uh which which had uh 
it was basically like a noir film. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you, you had things like, um, later on you had space Westerns, um, you, you would see a bunch of, um, and so the, there was, you know, there, RoboCop is another example of this where it's just smuggling in a, an action film, you know, it's just smuggling in a dumb, uh, eighties cop movie, um, which is, which is kind of awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the eighties is very prone to attach action with sci-fi a lot, right? Like you, you think about Terminator and predator, right. How iconic those, those movies are. And I think it's just, it's a good mesh. It is. Because because when you think about action sci-fi, right, particularly when I'm considering setting, like the thing that I can't get out of my head about RoboCop is that to make it futuristic, they put LED strips around trash cans. Like, like I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, what were they think? Like, they were like, we just need to make it look more like futuristic. But in reality, they just wanted to do another big boomy gun movie right yeah and and so it's 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 kind of low budget too yeah like you can yeah. tell it's pretty low budget <laughs> it's it's i mean from his suit being like kind of lame in in some ways right <laughs> like and it's 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 wild to me to think about how how far action movies go into sci-fi when they're embracing that shell you mm-hmm. know you look at Terminator and it's almost like it could be that they like, they didn't try that hard to make it look futuristic. Right. But that's because it's like, they're going back in time. And, and so they're, they're in the modern day and there's all those elements. So that's the way they get around it. Even to more modern movies. Like you look at something like Looper, which is there's, there's like this like gritty, um, Blade Runner-esque looking weapons, but everything else almost looks the same as it does today, right? Yeah, it's pretty much modern. Yeah, and so, like, it's it's interesting to me how, like, action movies can really push a gauge of how much sci-fi they want to do, and it doesn't matter because it's, like, the core is the next gunfight, basically, right? Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking about this in terms of what what a successful action movie has to do um, or a successful action sci-fi movie has to do because um, I don't think you see very many of them now. Um, I don't think you see any of them at all. Uh, even things like Star Wars, which could be like sci-fi action, um, are really not. They're they're like maybe even um, the closest you might get is something like Rogue One, mm-hmm. um, where it's you know it's got this sort of big. Um, uh, you know a big it centers around a, a big battle and whatnot but um for the most part it's kind of star wars is is much more fantasy um and i i can't think of the last time we had like a successful um sci-fi action movie that wasn't a remake of one of these 80s sci-fi action movies yeah um and i wonder why that is i mean i guess action movies in general have kind of uh, slowly gone downhill. Um, I, I'm 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 cu- kind of considering this on the fly, but is it because there's like an element of camp to these movies? Do you think is it because there's like in the '80s it was so it was so obvious that there was you know that it was a little bit tongue in cheek um, that it it became like once it got too serious you couldn't you couldn't do it anymore. Well, the last example that I can consider of like full out action sci-fi is what Michael Bay has been doing with like transformers or what do you do that movie like battle Los Angeles or something like that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they're like iconic or even great staples, but the first time I saw transformers like as a younger kid, which is a very mixed bag for a kid (laughs) to be watching that movie. But I was like, this is, um, like it, it kind of checks the boxes of stupid, silly, like not really making sense. And then those like over the top action scenes that are just now rotten with CGI stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I was thinking also like Pacific Rim would be yeah. a good example. And maybe um, I didn't see it, but maybe even I guess that's different. But King Kong versus Godzilla. It's it's yeah. more of an action movie, I guess. It's not really. Sci-fi. And it, that's that's a weird 
pull because like when I took a class on sci-fi and horror, big monster movies were like that that was the original like science fiction, basically. Right? Yeah. Um I and I never understood it basically. I was like, how? Like how is how is King Kong, the plot of King Kong sci-fi? I don't know. Like I really don't like there's nothing like futuristic or dystopian about yeah, it besides yeah. like this sort of like explorer mentality. And I think that's what's so crazy about sci-fi, uh, like you were saying at the beginning, right? Is that it has this way of embracing other genres and somehow fitting them in. So I think it's a very flexible genre overall, but it's a interesting idea, Cameron, what you're bringing up about um, the loss of like true action sci-fi you know we don't have aliens anymore where they're just no. like ch -ch -ch, i'm on the planet right like let's blow these aliens away you know i i think i think part of it was like there was a bunch of flops obviously um in the in the 2000s there was like um you know i don't know i'm trying to think of of like well oh no um this would be technically a, a true um action sci-fi movie would would be um what was that movie Edge of Tomorrow or Live Die Repeat? Yeah, um, that's actually yeah, that's a great one. Uh, yeah, that was that's that might be the last true action sci-fi. Still taken a little seriously with that campy like phrasing and all that. Yeah, in and between. I I honestly think that might be what it has to do is like embrace the camp, embrace the ridiculousness. Um, and to get back to RoboCop is like this is a. This is, I would say, an intentionally funny movie in a yeah. lot of places. Oh, yeah. It's so over the top. It's so goofy. Um, and you can't look at it and be like, um, well, so it's not a pioneer of the genre. So it knows what it's doing, right? It's it's commenting on both the, um, the action movie genre and the sci-fi genre. Um, and it's self-aware in that way. So, so it's not like, you know, it, th this isn't like the first of its kind, you know, it, it's making fun of the things that are, that, that have come before it. Um, but in a way that is actually, uh, interesting and impactful and not like totally cynical. Um, and, and I think it's kind of amazing that like Robocop is able to balance the, the ridiculousness of, uh, like Ar Arnold Schwarzenegger movies with the, uh, completely uh, completely like serious <laughs> like emotional tension of of him trying to find his family and him trying to be like you know to be like oh this is you know this is my past he's like discovering what it, what it was um in his past like i i find it really interesting that they that robocop is able to sort of um balance and be um uh, maintain the seriousness with the just genuinely like hilarious campy over the top uh stupidity almost yeah i the last like just to do the icing on the kick i always wish this film had instead of like more of a classic droning score like something that was more like synth wave bumping yeah, or you like jo john carpenter yeah because yeah, i was thinking about how much it reminded me of um this game i played called far cry 3 blood dragon mm -hmm. yeah. where it's like there's like just this even the i think the gun in blood dragon the handgun that you get is like legit it, a clone it of, might be yeah of the robocop gun right well that that's what i was gonna say is that this movie is obviously like completely um implanted now in in sort of the uh the popular consciousness um, and it's funny, we were talking earlier about, about how people, I don't know if very many people have actually seen this movie. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of weird too, because like th this is, <laughs> this is a movie that you see a lot of inspiration, um, after the fact from, like, I would say even, even with the like first person cam and the, um, like that, that was pretty interesting and innovative at the time, you know, a first person sort of view of your protagonist uh that's that's strange you don't you don't really see that uh very often um you know obviously like the the best example of this is hardcore henry where yeah, it's like the this? entire movie is first person <laughs> did you um, watch that no i i i, ca I caught like uh snippets of it but i i didn't see it what a strange 
idea. Did you watch it? No, I didn't oh, see okay. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but even, even as far as like, um, the sort of corporate, uh, like grubby overlords, um, obviously that's been a, a theme in, in so many movies, but, um, they're so funny in this movie. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah. They're, the, they're the best. I mean, they're my favorite characters to watch because they're, <laughs> they're like, they're like totally, um, totally insecure. Uh, they reminded me almost of like the American Psycho uh, characters. Maybe, yeah. Um, like that's that's what I was getting a picture of because like they're they're totally, um, like snooty and and insecure, but also, um, <laughs> they just don't care about anybody. <laughs> they're like. They're like, um, they're, when the guy dies in the, oh, <laughs> in they're the all office, like, okay. They're like, ah, whatever. He's, he was, he's past his time. Uh, this guy made a mistake, didn't he? <laughs> I looked up some one liners as like, you call this a glitch. It's yeah. like one of the phrases <laughs> in that scene. So good. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a temporary setback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No, it's, it's so funny. I, yeah, I love I love all of the the sequences in that big boardroom with all the, like TVs yeah. and whatnot. Um, yeah, and, and the ending scene where he's like, "Nick, you're fired." Yeah, <laughs> <Or whatever>. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. <laughs> RoboCop's like one-liners are painful because I was looking up some of these right. They're like so good though. Come quietly, or there will be trouble. <laughs> <laughs> is that you know and then and then when he's talking to the kids what does he say he's like he's like stay out of trouble yeah okay <laughs> you know like it's pretty funny like even uphold e- the law yeah even some of the the criminal one-liners are just so dumb like like when they're killing him there's this line where he says you probably or you probably don't think i'm a very nice guy do you <laughs> what are you saying you know <laughs> he's like shooting his arms off you know oh it's so funny yeah well i don't know and he's like he's like well cops don't like me so i don't like cops yeah so good (laughs) so good and then they they intersplice some of the the moments of the plot with these tv commercials right yeah which which are are amazing and and i think that's like like it it kind of dives into adult swim humor before it existed in yeah, a way yeah. right with like fake ads or like you know almost like a robot totally. chicken scratch sort of thing right um i lost it cameron when they were showing that nukem game <laughs> i was like this i want to play this game i know right you know <laughs> no it's 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 so funny because like th- that was um th- that that was surprising to me um watching this movie i was like i was like wow this is like this is total hilarious and funny like subtle commentary yeah you know what i mean like it's totally you know that's it buster no more military aid right (laughs) but but like even uh, even the newscasting where they're like where they're like oh um you know the uh, the president has authorized troops to uh, to uh, to invade Mexico or whatever. Yeah, and it's yeah. like the next one. It's like and um, uh, and we're celebrating a party of uh, you know. It's like or like the satellite accidentally launched and blew up half of Santa Barbara. Yeah, yeah. Like that. It's like what? <laughs> and beforehand, it's like it's like the president, uh, you know, and his team were a little shocked today when uh, when the anti gravity in the satellite um, uh, accidentally turned off it was all right though <laughs> you know yeah there i think just sort of like really sticking the hands into this like the stupidness of sci-fi yeah. in this movie and then also diving into the action because like you you watch terminator and there's the dumb one-liners but i don't know if they were completely aware of until the second one like the first yeah. one yeah. um it seems like they're mostly trying to be cool, right? In RoboCop, it's like we're not going to be cool, and that's cool, you know. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. That's that's sort of the best way I can interpret it. And they had so much fun. I mean, because I watched this movie with um, my sister in her husband and my girlfriend, and uh, 
like they were absolutely in love with the scene of like the rapist, you know? And they like they take they take that girl and then Robocop shoots the guy in the balls with tweeters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so <laughs> what is even <laughs> happening in this scene, you know? Well, and that's another way, you know, it's totally playing off the tropes of the, of those 80s movies. Yeah. You know, it's it's completely playing off of the um there's always that scene in those movies. Do you ever watch uh, Best of the Worst? Yes. Um, yeah. So the you know they they go through the bad eighties uh, action right, movies. Right. You know they go through the bad sci fi movies, and so you always see you know in in Samurai Cop. Yeah, Samurai. <laughs> Samurai Cop. Cop is a famous one. Yeah. That's that's funny. Uh, it's a that's a that's a hilarious movie. Yeah. Um, um, or like the the Miami Connection. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> um. But, but like they go through, they go through sort of, I, I guess what's fun about uh, bad movies is um, there's totally a, um, it's like a distillation of w- what's bad about a genre or like what's um, the tropes of a genre. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like the opposite of this movie where it's like reflecting and uh, making fun of the tropes of a genre. Um, it's like the distillation of, w- of why they're all bad, you know, why these tropes are, are negatives. Um, and so, you know, in every scene you have the, you had the like, totally like the scum gang members, like, uh, you know, raping someone or like, you know, they, there's just like these totally terrible, um, uh, and it, it, it's almost like it goes past tropes and goes into stereotypes yeah. of a genre. Um, and what's fun about this movie is, you know, it embraces those, um, those negatives and makes it, uh, makes it, makes them positive, you know, yeah. it, it embraces the, um, the, the bad. Um, I, and, and I don't know, I think we both kind of have a love of, of parody and of mm-hmm. sort of, um, over the top humor. Um, and this movie like hit it on, on, a level that I was totally surprised about, you know, (laughs) me too. Yeah. From the fake TV ads and yeah, it's just, I think it's cause I mean, I finished watching the movie. I was like, okay, that was kind of interesting. Like I didn't, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about on this podcast is kind of how I felt about it. But looking back, it's like, there's a true craftsmanship and self-awareness that is, like there it's almost like the creators are like you'd have to be dumb to miss how how on the nose we're trying to be yeah. with this right yeah and it's just like it's i gotta give it credit for that you know um whereas i am like the kind of person that's like i'm gonna watch troll 2 and just think to myself what were these people thinking making this movie mm-hmm. you know i don't know if it was supposed to be a joke or not but i'm enjoying it right yeah um so yeah it's I think if you're looking for that slice of absolute 80s ridiculousness, this is a time capsule for that. And it's going to deliver in a way that you don't have to sit through all those awful action movies from the 80s. (laughs) I mean, some people like to subject themselves to it. But if you've ever tried to sit through one of them, which I have. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's like really, it's not fun. You get like probably a total of 10 minutes and two hours that are were worth sitting through. Yeah. You have to, you, I, you almost have to do it in a group or in like, um, you know, where you're there to make fun of the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do want to talk about your experience watching this movie. I guess we forgot to bring it up, but, um, (laughs) yeah, so I'm cheap. We'll start there. Um, this movie is free on YouTube, but it's sort of TV censored version. And I didn't realize till about halfway through, um, I think I got the main gist of it, right? The big thing is that I missed some of the brutal blood and splatter, which would only add to, I guess, the the level of parody. Um, for instance, there's scenes where, like, Robocop's getting his hand blown off. You know exactly what's happening. But you just don't see the hand getting blown off, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, like, cropped. I'm like, why does this shot look so fuzzy compared to the rest <laughs> of the, the movie? And then there's, like, just the most absurd overdubs, too. Of, of like cuss words it's it's so funny like i was i was does he say like buddy boy in the bathroom is that like he does a, say okay buddy boy. all right, all right. Yeah. i was like 
I hope that's not censored. But then some of the other words, he like they're like, you better listen here, you dingbat. I'm like, what the <laughs> heck? Like, who, who overdubbed it? Sometimes their words are so funny that it's like a guy yelling into the mic. So, you, like, the performance is not very good, which I thought almost added to some of the dialogue. Right. Because the right, guy was right. like, you know, he'll say something like, you know, you're turning out to be a real, like, jerk. Like, the guy, <laughs> like, just screams into the mic. Like, it's like... <laughs> It's not even close to what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So I don't know if it hindered or improved the experience. I would say that the, some of the dialogue sections were almost more engaging because of the overdub. Right, right, right. But I, would, I, I am bummed that I got to miss some of the just disgusting violence that, that ensued in some of the scenes. I think they did a good job trying to show majority of it. But like, for instance, when the guy gets lit up in the office from the robot... They, they actu- literally do the scene again. I think they do it without the squibs or something. Like they, yeah, the, like it was super weird. They like because I watched I watched that scene because that's one of my favorites. I I just love that whole sequence where it's like it's like ah oh, everything's going wrong and then, <laughs> and then he just shoots he and, and he like explodes in blood. It's right. like hilarious. Um. Yeah, but but in the TV censored version, is he's just like, Ugh. yeah, he's like shaking left and right, but there's no blood at all, and you're like, okay, I kind of get what's going on, but there's really, it's it's strange, it's very strange. So, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a fan of RoboCop, you could watch. I mean, probably not. You're probably not gonna like the censored version as much as the original, but I I think it is actually funny to um. Well, for me, I've always enjoyed the TV overdubs of things. Yeah. Um, when it's like when it's like swear words and especially in these 80s action movies you know it's always it's always funny um but it it does take away from like the the actual impact of the movie i would say it's like it's a little bit um i i don't know i i i don't personally i don't appreciate um that they censor things for tv uh, or they used to. I, I don't think they do as much anymore. But I, I will. No, they they still do. Like I have watched some movies <laughs> where I was like, wait a second. Like like instead of they like cut around dialogue or they silence it. Mm. And so it's. I've had moments where I'm like, I need to rent it. I miss the overdubbing though. And and the the only reason that I enjoyed kind of watching this RoboCop in the censored form is because I felt like for a second I could be like. You know, my dad as a teenager in the 80s watching this movie on TV. Right. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I felt like I even got a closer slice of what it was like to be yeah. experiencing. If you didn't see it in, in theaters. Right. You know? Yeah. You were watching it on your old CR, CRT TV, right? And it's like flickering. And, <laughs> and they're like the police chief is saying all these weird <laughs> versions of like it. it it's, it's just, it's very. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I found it enjoyable. I'm not sure why. No, but. no. I, yeah, I get it. I, I, my, my only complaint is like, it feels like you're you're kind of messing with someone else's uh, thing. You know, like you're you're kind of you're destroying someone else's creation. Yeah. Well, sure, sense. sure. And but like at the same time, they went as far as to do reshoots for areas. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or yeah. or they did another take. They did another take on set to prepare it for it. It was like they wanted this movie to have like the most broad reach to sell the most toys and things like that. Like it's, I think the eighties was probably the most prone to approach these action sci-fi movies this way because of like the success of star Wars and its toys. Right. Mm -hmm. There was like this, you know, sex cocaine, like explicit fueled energy around the eighties. Right. But then at the same time, it's like, everyone wanted to make money off those toys and action stars. So they're like, we need to make two separate versions of this movie. You yeah, know? exactly. Like the predator TV version versus the actual theatrical. Right. I'm pretty sure I've seen both of those too. Well, and RoboCop did have toys for kids. Yeah. You know, there yeah. was, there was RoboCop toys. There was RoboCop bubble bath. <laughs> Dude, I need to, I need to look up Nukem. I got to see if this game's real. Cause I need to play. It. I I don't think it is. I I'm I'm I. It's definitely a joke. But I mean, if it if they made like a prototype or like a a thing, that would be super funny. If they uh, like, imagine if they marketed that as like an actual toy from the movie. <laughs> is it real? Uh, I think so. It says it was a family home game from the Butler Brothers, simulating deteriorating world. To win the game, players would invade each other's countries. I don't know. It's on a uh, RoboCop wiki. 
I'm going to check eBay and see what's going on. <laughs> it would be really genuinely interesting. To, that, that would be like a good piece of memorabilia. There's you know? some board games that are like political that are just hilarious to play. Like, what are, what are some of those? No, I, it doesn't seem like there's a physical version. Mm. I bet someone's got a physical version. Someone out there has a has the actual R- Robocop Nukem game. <laughs> what were some of those board games that I used to play that were like... I mean, there's Risk, obviously, but that's not, you know... Um, there's like uh, Diplomacy. Did you that one is that? great. Yeah. Diplomacy is great. Um, what the heck? Anti-Monopoly? What... What kind of game is that? Oh, yeah. You mean trust busting? Oh, yes. The politics of ticket to ride. No. <laughs> <laughs> In but, any case. Yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't know. I I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it was good for this week. I think we needed, totally. we needed a break from the heady stuff. Yeah. And it's, um, it really does sort of encapsulate that 80s energy but minus the score which i was like man it could just go 100 percent further with a little bit of that yeah bumping cyberpunk sound right yeah it'd be it'd be interesting to do like a rescore of it um i think that would probably maybe they have or maybe someone has um because it'd be fun to do like a totally electronic or like a john carpenter version of this movie it'd be super fun yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much else to say. This is a dumb movie, right? We're yeah. having, we're, we had fun with it. So it's a dumb and awesome movie. <laughs> I think really the cinematic canon conversation comes around the fact that it's so on the nose with being parody of of what was big at that time, mm-hmm. right? And it's become iconic in its own right. Yeah, you know, um, y- you totally. I, I don't know. Maybe less nowadays. Maybe people don't care or enjoy this movie that much. I don't know. Do you think, like, do, do people not care about this movie? Well, let's talk about rating, because I think this movie is definitely for everyone. Oh, totally. Right? 100%. Yeah, it's for everybody. And even if you're missing it, somehow, if the if the parody stuff is going over your head, you're just going to be, like, kind of... I, I, I don't know how you can't laugh at, at, at this movie at times, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just bonkers is the best way i can put it like it's yeah. so it's so wacky and and um it feels like a, a time capsule i think watching this movie made me realize how much people are missing out on it mm-hmm. because i don't think a lot of people our age have watched the original yeah and no, i agree i think they would love it totally because of like what adult swim humor is now some people are into that right i i think this one is worth going back and watching and just chewing on popcorn and being like boy this is this is this is ridiculous and i feel like the positive thing for me you know when you go back to a lot of these movies um sometimes you're like oh man i forgot how dull some of it is or like i forgot how kind of slow some of it is um this movie is not at all it totally just keeps pumping like every every scene is interesting every scene like keeps you engaged yeah Um, there's like there's like violence and then it cuts to like robocop slow driving in the car and then right back to another like crime stopping thing yeah it's 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 just awesome you know it's it's totally a a bunch of fun and (laughs) when the guy's like robbing the 7-eleven robocop box in he's like why me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's so many fun fun parts of, of this film so yeah i mean if that's what you're looking for you're gonna find it and do you have a do you have a shot of the film um i don't know like there was a scene where the guy was talking on the phone with this globe that was like inverted it was like white and black and he's like talking on the phone about robocop and i was like that's kind of a cool looking globe i was like i'm gonna remember that as shot of the film but other than that like i can't really think of anything i mean there's some parts where the the crooks are in the street blowing up shops that's pretty fun that's fun yeah Yeah. um yeah well i really love um like everything where there's like an explosion and robocops in the background it's just hilarious or or, or the gas station blowing up is pretty cool yeah that's that's awesome yeah um yeah this movie you know some of it takes place at night and it reminded me of um a really interesting fact that i i totally didn't know um and i i bet you'll find this interesting um in these movies in especially the pre-digital era um 
they would it, so um the way that shooting at night works a lot of times is either you shoot day for night um where it you know you shoot it at in daytime and it, it usually kind of looks funny it doesn't really work um sometimes it does but uh, the other way that they do it is um they actually spray the ground um like the asphalt with water um and so any light that is in the scene is actually doubled um and so that that brings up your uh your your lighting um for almost by like like 50 (laughs) percent wow (laughs) which is which is kind of amazing so anytime you watch an old movie and you see there's it's just like wet on the ground (laughs) um it's not by accident. It's, t- it's totally on purpose because they need to brighten the scene. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, uh, you'll watch, you'll, you'll notice this from now on. Uh, That's a crazy and, fact. Cause they're trying to light this night scene. And so they just wet everything and now it's all bright everywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. uh, you know, everything. So, you know, it reflects in the ground. And so obviously, you know, it's, it's better for that. You know, it's like a, it's like a double bounce basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you'll notice it from now on. Any movie you watch, you'll be like, oh, oh, it's wet on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I think, yeah, that wraps up our thoughts. Cameron, let's talk a little bit about where we're going with sci-fi. Because we have about one more week in this month or one or two or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we have one more week. We were uh, thinking about extending it, though, right? Yeah, I say we let's do it. We're going to, so here's what we're going to do for all of our listeners. We talked about this a little bit last week. We're going to watch another sci-fi movie to end out the month. Then we're going to do two more, and then we're going to have two off weeks of Cameron basically picking any movie that he wants that we can talk about in the cinematic canon. Because as we do these theme months, right, we can miss some of these classic stamps. When we first started the show, Cameron was just throwing out these different ideas, and it was because he needed to establish an understanding for me as a casual watching some of these movies. So we're going to take a break from the thematic thing at the end of next month for the last two weeks. Um, We'll maybe pull some interesting cinematic canon movies. I'm sure there's some that I haven't seen, right, Cameron? Um, yeah, no. T- I mean, yeah, definitely. There's yeah. tons that you haven't seen. Um, I think what I'll do is for the first two weeks, um, since I'll be picking this next movie, uh, for the first two weeks, um, I'm going to I'm gonna give a selection of, of sci-fi movies and we'll have uh, two polls um, for the month. So we're definitely going to tap into some modern sci-fi. Yeah, too. I'd like to do. I think that's why is is because I, there's so much modern sci-fi. We'll we'll just do two weeks and we'll do, um, you know, two different polls. So it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm glad we're we're getting close to the modern era of stuff. And then we'll probably go right back to black and white for those final two weeks. Maybe we'll see. Um, any closing thoughts, Cameron? This movie's awesome. You should watch it. It's good to be here in person recording. With it you. is. Yeah. I have to run to work. That's kind of like why we're wrapping it up. But All we're right. hitting just about an hour. So, uh, again, you guys can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you like the show, um, tell people about it. That's how it grows. We post every Monday, and we'll see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast executive produced by Darren O'Neill. If you want your name read in the credits of the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions to achieve this status. Thank you, Darren, for the support. And for the rest of you, we appreciate your support as well. Have a good one.